By Sunday morning, we rushed her to the hospital, and 10 days later in the ICU, she passed of a sepsis attack. Earlier this year, my mom passed away from Lou Gehrig's disease. And I just said, God, you cannot be real. There's no way. There's too much pain. There's too much heartache. You're not answering our prayers. Loss. The state of feeling of grief when deprived of someone or something of value. People often think of Christmas as the best time of the year. Everyone seems happy and families and loved ones gather together. But for some, the holidays can seem daunting. The loss of a loved one can make the holidays feel lonely and isolated. This week, we asked a few people to share their stories about loss during the holidays and how they are able to focus on the great memories of their loved ones and how to create new traditions. We hope this time brings healing and hope. This is The Reckless Pursuit, a podcast crafted and created to dive deep into what it looks like to be a follower of Christ in a modern day world. We span topics across the board to seek out truth and to gain a deeper understanding of one another, to find common ground and answers to life's hardest questions. We all have a story and a struggle, a calling and a conviction. Together, let's take a hard look at ourselves and effort to view what others see so we can be the best reflection of Christ possible. I'm Cody. And I'm Elaine. Now, let's get reckless. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 41. Today, Elaine and I reached out to a few people to share their heart on going through the holidays after having experienced the loss of a loved one. We're in full swing of the holiday season. Christmas is approaching fast. The hustle and bustle is hustling and bustling. It's the first week of December. And uh, I know this is not a fun topic to talk about around the holidays, but it's definitely one that I know so many people have on their mind because I know personally having lost my mother uh, back in July unexpectedly. And so I just wanted to take a bit of time today and Elaine and I wanted to hear from some other voices and just come together and address this topic because dealing with loss, especially in the holiday season, whenever Christmas cheer is plentiful and the food is flowing, uh, dealing with the loss is kind of like that nagging thing that's always in the back of your head, reminding you of how things once were. But everything changes and in this season, we have to be able to come together and pull through it. And so today, we're just going to hear from some people's voices on what they've experienced, and we're going to hear some of their tips, some of their advice, and more than anything, we're going to be a community. Before we get into today's episode, I want to give everyone a quick reminder that if this topic hits home to you, we have a community group where we would love to just sit and talk. It's the Reckless Community. You can find the link below in the show notes. Go click it and ask to join it. We would love to have you and hear your voice on this subject too. But let's get right to today's topic on dealing with loss during the holiday season. We hope this brings healing and we hope this brings life in the midst of loss. First up, we're going to hear from Chris Anderson. Here's what he had to say. In 2014, I went up to visit my parents in uh, Connecticut for the Easter holiday. 
Um, and I, I ended up going up on Good Friday and to spend a little extra time to hang out with them. I was working for a church at the time, and the church didn't need me for the holiday weekend, so I thought I'd go up and um, surprise them. When I was up there, my mom kept uh, kept complaining that um, she was in a little bit of pain, and it, she had a really, really high pain threshold, and um, it was something that, you know, you never heard her really complain about. She was the mother of triplets. So, you know, she's she's put up with quite a deal in her life. Um, but as the day went on for, for Saturday, the day before Easter, she kept getting worse and worse. Uh, and she finally um, went to bed early Saturday night. And that was the first moment that I think um, I was really worried. By Sunday morning, we rushed her to the hospital. And 10 days later in the ICU, she passed of a sepsis attack. Uh, and that was hard. That completely changed my family's perception on what Easter was. Um, so as, uh, as the year went on and we got to December, we hit this point. Um, it was almost like we knew the holidays were coming and we were dreading it because uh, my mom was like famous in our family for doing the Thanksgiving thing. She was, um, could have been a professional chef um, and then had triplets, uh, but she always cooked this huge meal uh, and it was something that brought our whole extended family together, and suddenly there there was this big loss. She wasn't going to be there anymore. Um, so there was this worry, and my brother was recently engaged and uh, to my sister-in-law, um, and Steve inherited her love of cooking. Uh, and as we came around the table, it was bittersweet. I mean, and there were moments we cried. Um, we cried a lot that weekend, uh, just because she was the glue that held us all together. But also, amazingly, my brother's turkey rivaled hers, um, <laughs> which uh, made us all laugh. And we, we found out that same weekend, that um, going into that weekend, that my sister-in-law um, was unable to process gluten. So uh, it, we changed the menu and have kept that menu changed since then. Um, and it, it was kind of a way of really helping with the grief uh, and helping process because suddenly there was this new tradition that was sort of like the old tradition but took on uh, a mind of its own and as the years have gone on we've we've had our bittersweet moments there are holidays that come that we miss her dearly and um, that I would give anything to have her back but there are also times of just this great joy that our family has found a new way to be Um, and so I would I would say for anybody who has lost someone uh, in my family. We actually, unfortunately, have just lost um, a, a great aunt of mine uh, not a couple of days ago. So my family is, is dealing with another loss around the holidays. Um, but for anybody who's going through that or it's their first one since a major loss, I would say just be, be kind to yourself. You don't have to do the presents thing. You don't have to do the dinner thing. If you want to order Chinese and pizza, then order Chinese and pizza. Uh, but take care of yourself and allow yourself the space to cry, to talk, to laugh. In my family, we're storytellers, so to telling those stories really has brought about healing through laughter and tears and teasing and all the, the crazy things that have happened in our lives. But also, I would say, allow for those new traditions to come in. Don't be afraid of them. It doesn't mean that you've somehow forgotten the other person or how special they were. It just means that your life is, is changed. And that's okay. So what I loved about um, Chris's story the most is that he was able to create new traditions within his family. Um, 
I think sometimes we get caught up in the hustle and bustle of the holidays and we feel like we have to have everything perfect. We have to have all the presents and the biggest dinners and everything and everything has to be extravagant. But I like how he said, like, you don't have to do that. You know, if you are still in the mourning process or you want to switch things up and make new traditions, like order a pizza for Christmas, like create new things you can do with your family. Yeah, I love that too. Um, Just thinking about Thanksgiving this year just passing and uh, just watching how the loss affects things. You know, um, we we have big get-togethers for Thanksgiving and Christmas traditionally. And uh, it's always an interesting time of year for us. Um, My father and I, and my mother too, all loved the Christmas season. But my mom actually uh, lost her mom on December 23rd. And that's the big thing that pushed her towards alcoholism. And so tradition had to change there. And it actually changed somewhat for the worse. But I think it's an interesting just an interesting idea that tradition starts somewhere and tradition isn't law. But I think so often we treat it as law. Like we treat tradition as something that has to be done this way because that's how it's always done. And we need to give ourselves the grace and the freedom to grow and to laugh. Just like Chris was saying, they found out someone in their family had gluten. They found out his brother's an awesome turkey baker. And like, hey, that's cool stuff. You're growing your tradition. You're coming together to form new things. And just because you're forming new ways of doing things doesn't mean you're you're pushing the old ones out. It means that it's adapting and changing. And it allows those memories to have a specific spot in our minds and for us to be able to move forward onto new things and to grow as people. And I just think it's a beautiful thing to realize that things change and we can laugh, we can cry, and we can enjoy the process. So next, let's listen to Jody Nevins and her story about losing her father. Seven years ago, in September, I lost my dad. Um, he died suddenly. He had been sick for quite some time, but um, he hadn't been out of the hospital for over a year with no incident. So we were thinking he was on the mend, and then he died suddenly. That was really hard um, during that time. Because my mom ran all the different circumstances around it, my mom ended up getting 60% of what he of the income that they were they had before he died, which is a huge reduction in your income. So during right after my dad died, we were experiencing like the loss, sudden death, you know, money issues. My mom ended up losing her home um, because she was upside down at the time in the market. So she she stayed in the house for another 15 months because that's what the foreclosure process is like. She could have stayed longer but didn't feel right about it. So she left. Um, and it was just a really, really hard time for our family. And we looked in so many places to try to find her housing and it just seemed hopeless. All the things that she could afford were in really bad parts of town, um, didn't have the things that she needed, um, and it was just feeling very hopeless, like there was just no place that she could go, including she didn't want it to live with one of us, her kids, um, either we didn't have space or we lived in Colorado and not in Iowa, away from her life, so it was just feeling really hopeless, uh, lots and lots of pain. Her dad died um, a year later, 
after my dad, and then um, she was about to lose her home, and I was just at the end of my rope. I was tired and angry and hurt and just experiencing so much doubt in my faith. I was driving down Broadway, which is a street very close to our home, and I just put my fist in the air, and I just said, God, you cannot be real. There's no way. There's too much pain. There's too much heartache. You're not answering our prayers. Uh, I just, I'm not sure that I believe anymore. You have to show me something. So that same day or the day after, I received a call from um, a lady with Community Bible Study. I had signed up and was on their wait list um, because they didn't have room for child care for my kids at the time. And she called and said, we have an opening. Um, we're starting a new study next week in Hebrews. We would love for you to join us. I like sighed deeply. I'm like, okay, God, fine. I'll I'll give this a try. So I went to the study and I ended up in a group of misfits of all of us that started at this weird time. And but at the beginning of a study of Hebrews, and I met a lady that actually went to our church, but I had never met her before, and she's amazing. And these ladies over the next few months took me just loved me so much and cared for my heart and all my questions and pain. They just loved me and prayed for me and cared for me. And they would say they got as much out of it as I did. But I just, I know that that study was for me. It was a gift from God. And during that time, he, he showed me he had, he's had a plan all along and that I'm in it and my mom's in it and all of that. And before all of the stuff from my mom was resolved with her house and everything else, God had brought joy back to me, and it was just so beautiful. So there's, I, we've experienced lots of loss since then. My grandma died. My aunt, my mom's sister, died from alcoholism. There's been job loss. There's been all kinds of loss. My mom herself lost her ability to walk for three years. There's just still so much pain teaching me so much, and I know that he will continue to teach me along this road. Um, One of the things that I find very helpful during loss is to share stories about the person I lost. Um, So a friend and I got together, it's been a couple years ago now, but I remember it so much that it was helpful that she lost her dad and I lost mine, and we just got together and we shared stories about our dads. And it just helped us to you know, make that person alive again, I guess, and experience the love that we had for them and to know the value that they had in our lives and to acknowledge it and in a safe and good way. So if you have somebody that's lost somebody, ask him about that person because I think that that is very healing. One of the things that um, comes with any loss is the fear of forgetting that person and forgetting um, the memories that you shared. And what I loved about Jody's story was that she said, you know, she got down with a friend and uh, shared stories of the loss of their fathers and reminiscing on the different memories that they had and keeping their, um, keeping those memories alive, keeping in essence their fathers alive and continuing those stories and how there's healing and being able to talk about the loss being able to ask questions about the loss and about the person really allows growth and um, helps the healing process. Yeah, I mean, community is huge. You have to have people around you 
uh, it's a time where you can feel so lonely, so isolated, and to have a community. I think it's a, a great testimony how she was saying how like she was in a place where she was questioning things, and I th- and that's okay. It's okay to question and have those moments of anger and rage, and uh, and to not know where you stand anymore. And that's part of healing. It's all part of the process. And uh, I think it's great that she, the next day, received a call from a group of people who um, ended up being close to her and being able to uh, be there for her in that time of loss. And I just think that's uh, that's what community really is. That's what that's what the Christian community should be: is to be there for each other in times like that. And it's just it's so vitally important. I also want to give a shout out uh, Jody's husband Eric is the host of the Halfway There podcast. We'll have a link to uh, their podcast in the show notes below if you want to go and show them some love. Next up, we're going to hear from Tracy Winchell, the host of the Reboots podcast. Links to her podcast will also be in the show notes below. Let's take a listen. Uh, On Thanksgiving Day of 2018, we expected to be enjoying turkey and barbs from one of my three cousins around the Thanksgiving table at my aunt's house. We've done that for many, many, many years. Instead, this Thanksgiving, uh, we were sitting around the same table with a different set of cousins, same aunt, same uncle, and we were planning my cousin's funeral service. Um, He always loved flashlights, even as a little boy. And it was uh, the theme I chose for his eulogy uh, a week ago, uh, Light in the Darkness. Throughout all of this, one of the things that kept running through my head were the lyrics to uh, the contemporary worship song, Tremble. Peace bringing it all to peace, the storm surrounding me, let it break at your name, Still, call the sea to still, the rage in me to still, every wave at your name. Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, you silence fear. Your name is a light that the shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome. And so I I, I kept thinking about those lyrics throughout all of this in the past week and how we as believers are commanded to be the light shining in the darkness. Uh, Isaiah 58.10 says, If you feed those who are hungry and take care of the needs of those who are troubled, then your light will shine in the darkness, and you will be bright like sunshine at noon. My cousin did a lot of that um, when he saw family or kids in need of Christmas stuff, he got our extended family together and uh, he just he just helped make things happen. For the past five years, uh, a daily gratitude practice has been really important in my life. And uh, even though last week was tumultuous, the easy thing would have been to just suspend the gratitude practice. Instead, um, it was just this thing that I could cling to. And uh, there were days last week where all I could list were a good night's sleep or sunshine or laughter or a loyal, loving family 
sometimes it was only one thing. You know, gratitude is has got to be a, a, a big deal every day, even in the darkness. Uh, my friend Ed Saucier says, life is meant to be enjoyed even when it must be endured. And um, right now, it just so happens that um, my 55th birthday, Thanksgiving, and uh, the kickoff to the holiday season is um, is meant to be endured right now. And still, I can find gratitude. And I think it's really important that we all work toward that. Gratitude has been a huge topic for us on the podcast the past few weeks. And I really like how Tracy talks about how she's been starting her mornings in gratitude and being thankful. And this kind of ties back to what Jody was saying about um, keeping the memories alive, being thankful for the people that we have lost. And it, I think it's really good to just be thankful for the good memories and being able to focus on the good times. Yeah, and I love what she said about uh, a light in the darkness. I know, at least for me personally, I'm sure you can probably relate to this. Sometimes during loss, it can feel like you lost a light, like the darkness grew, like a, like a light went out. But that light's kept burning in our hearts through our gratitude, through our memories, through our emotions and our compassion. And I just think it's a beautiful thing to to uh, to immortalize those thoughts in our minds and in our hearts by just remembering and sharing those memories. And I think uh, what Tracy was saying about starting with gratitude, even in a season when you feel like you're scraping the bottom of the barrel trying to find something to be thankful for, keeps our hearts and our minds in the right place to, to just have joy and to not only... Um, be thankful for the life we currently have, but be thankful for the life lived by those we lost. Next up, we're going to hear from Sam McGeever. Sam recently deconstructed away from Christianity, and here's his view of loss around the holidays. Earlier this year, my mom passed away from Lou Gehrig's disease, and so this whole holiday season is my first and my family's first without her. Um... And I don't really know what it's going to be like. Uh, you know, we just had Thanksgiving, and that was never huge for us. So that one was pretty easy, all things considered. But all Christmas has always been the big one, at least for me. So it'll be difficult, interesting, I'm kind of scared of what it's going to be like. It may sink in the most then that mom's gone. So I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what it's going to bring. Kind of scared to see what it's going to bring. So... I'm just trying to stay open to it to let myself feel whatever I'm going to feel. Um, I think the biggest thing I've learned through all of this is, you know, I'd already begun a deconstruction process and pretty much finished deconstructing way before mom was diagnosed. Well, I wouldn't say I finished, but I was pretty well out of Christianity and at least a Christian community by the time she was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. So by the time she passed away earlier this year, there really was no Christian community in my life, which I think honestly I'm thankful for, especially because I was already in that deconstruction and, and trying to fight with people about what I believe and how to deal with this pain probably just would not have been healthy at all. Um, but it's been interesting. I don't feel like I've needed to be close to some kind of God. I don't, uh, you know, I haven't. Even when she passed away, I didn't find myself thinking, oh, I need to pray. Oh, I need to pray. 
I, I didn't feel that. I felt like I could be more honest with myself where I just said, I just need to cry and be mad about this. Like, I'm mad that she's gone and I'm sad that she's gone. I don't need to go to my room, close the door, you know, bow my head and pray. I just need to feel what I'm going to feel. It did help me personally to tell others to call some good friends and express those emotions to them. Um, but I don't feel like I needed God at all. So I know we are a Christian podcast, and that is a bit opposite of what many people who are, you know, solid listener base probably agrees with. But I really love what Sam shared, and I'm so thankful that he took the time to share and made himself vulnerable. Something he said struck me really deep, and it's that during this season, he was thankful that he didn't have that Christian community around him because he didn't want to have to fight and argue with people about beliefs and where he believed in his doubts whenever he was already going through pain. And I think talking to um, our Christian listener base here, guys, not everyone believes what we believe. And you can have your opinions and your feelings and your emotions on that. But when people are in a crisis, what they need is love they don't need aggression. And I'm not accusing anyone of that. What I'm saying is we always have to let love be what leads us. We're part of a religion that should never isolate someone in a time of hurting and should never make someone feel afraid to be able to talk about those things and about what they believe uh, out of fear of uh the backlash and the attacks when they're already in an emotional uh, turmoil, a place of emotional turmoil. And so Sam, thank you for sharing that. Something else that Sam said that I just loved so much is that it's okay to feel what you're going to feel. You know, Sam expressed his, his uh, fear of coming into the holiday season and what it will bring, but just coming in it with a mentality of like, I'm going to feel this and I'm going to allow myself to have those emotions. And it kind of, it kind of ties back into the theme of, of uh, what Chris was saying with traditions. And a lot of times we feel like we have to put on this face to maintain a tradition, uh, to maintain the good chipper holiday spirit. And sometimes we're just emotionally not there and that's okay. You know, I remember my mom so many times would just put on the fake face uh, through the holiday season, but in reality, she was hurting. And I know a lot of times she felt like she couldn't be herself and be free with that emotion because it would bring other people down, but that's so far from the truth because it's okay to experience uh, the, the pain, the feeling of loss, and the tears, and then the laughter, and the good memories too. And we just need to embrace our emotions and realize that God gave us emotions as a way to express our feelings. God is an emotional God, too. We're created in his image. So, Sam, I know that it's probably uh, nerve-wracking sending an audio clip in to a Christian podcast after deconstruction, but I just want to thank you so much for taking the time and sharing the other side of things, too. So sometimes I feel like when we go through loss or tragedy, oftentimes we feel like we have to put on a face. We um, kind of aren't really faced with our problems. It feels like until the holidays. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, a lot of times then we realize like, oh, that person isn't there. Like all of our family is supposed to be together, supposed to be happy. 
And sometimes we don't really realize um, the loss that we have until the holidays. I think it's especially important to really understand your emotions, really feel the feelings that you're going through because it is hard. And I think that when we open up, we're able to process those emotions. We are able to talk to other people about what we're feeling. And I just think that's really important for the healing process. So the last voice we're going to hear from today is Jennifer Fisher. Jennifer recently faced the loss of her younger brother. Let's hear her story. Last year, I lost my brother. He was 14, and he had a freak heart attack at a sports practice and um, died a couple of weeks later due to the complications after that. And um, it was very shocking because he was athletic and full of life, and uh, he passed all of his sports physicals with flying colors, etc. And it was just some fluke in his electrical system. There's just a glitch and it took him out. And Christmas can be pretty difficult. Uh, there's just a lot of shopping season mania sorts of things going on. Just last night I was at Walmart and I encountered an unexpected but familiar trigger from last year where the toy department at Walmart turned into the, you know, the Christmas toy department, and um, I'd seen toys that I'd brought, bought for my brother, and I just basically wanted to run away from the department, but uh, last year it would have caused me to start sobbing in the middle of the store. So I think it's helpful around Christmas to just create a safe space where you're listening to relaxing music and just avoiding kind of the radio and this Christmas mania and such and really just focusing on the true origins of the season. Um, if you're listening and you're wondering um, how can I help somebody who has um, recently lost a loved one, um, probably one of the most helpful things for me last year was a family from church um, called us up and said, hey, can we just bring some snacks over and play some card games and board games? And we're like, oh, sure. Um, and I think that's really a good practical thing to do just um, to reinforce that bond of friendship. It offers an environment where you can talk about the loss if you want to, but it gives you something else to really focus on um, if you don't really want to. It kind of breaks the ice, takes away some awkwardness, just doing something fun, just being there. I think offering spiritual platitudes is not quite so helpful, saying things like, oh, um, they're in a better place, or um, haven't gained another angel, those sorts of things are not necessarily the most helpful, but um, asking how you can pray for them is a good one. Simple things, asking how you can pray for your friend, or putting your arm around them, and doing something fun together, something diversionary. So I love how Jennifer talks about creating a safe place when dealing with emotions of the loss and tragedy you may face and creating a community. You know, she talked about how her church family came over and said, hey, like, do you want to play board games, card games? Like, let's get your mind off of this. And um, I like how she said, you know, it kind of bridges the gap, breaks the ice, it takes away the awkwardness, it allows 
you know, a safe place to be able to talk about your emotions if you want to, but it also allows room to get your mind off of it if you don't want to think about it, if you don't want to process at that moment. You know, it's good to have some time with uh, those around you in your community and just being able to um, just have fun even in the hard times. Yeah, it's community, 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 really. Like, I mean, that's just like an overwhelming, like there's just, <laughs> it's sad. When you're dealing with loss, there's not a lot of solid answers. There's not just the thing. I remember that was the, I think I heard that more than anything else other than hugging like a million people uh, at my mother's funeral. The other thing that I remember the most is everyone just saying like, if there's anything I can do, let me know. And I had a good friend come up to me and uh, say, I know you've heard this a lot, but I do mean it. And I and don't take it at the surface level because there's just, there's only so much you can say. There's only so much you can do to help someone in that time. But honestly, the best thing and the only piece of advice you can truly give is just be there. Be there to have fun, be there to cry, be there to listen, and just be the friend, that family, that that person needs, that we all, each of us need, and we can all be there for each other to overcome uh, the moments and to to adapt to life with this new change. Something else Jennifer said, and I think it kind of ties back into what Samuel was saying, is spiritual platitudes are not helpful at all. To say things like, they're in a better place, or to say things like, oh, well, heaven gained another angel, that's so, it comes across almost a little condescending, and I know most of the time people mean well by it, but I think that's exactly what Samuel was saying is, those aren't the things you always want to hear, that's not helpful or beneficial, or it doesn't uh, really help cope with the loss. Uh, if you're a Christian, you understand those things. Those are things you you understand, but that doesn't change where you're at right now and what you're having to go through. And prayer is a great thing. And I think, uh, you know, Jennifer had said, like, actually praying for people is a wonderful thing. Actually taking the time to sit and pray with someone. But don't just use that as a tool of, uh, you know, dismissing someone's pain either. And I think just being there, being a community, and facing this together letting your emotions be able to express themselves. Don't try to bottle it up uh, and just be expressive and come together in community. And that's truly the only option there is to facing loss because, you know, the traditions are going to change. The way things are done are going to be done a little different. And it's sad, but it's beautiful at the same time. And life is meant to be celebrated even after it's passing. Guys, it's so hard. It's so, so, so hard to have to face holidays uh, after loss. I can say that on a whole new level right now. And if you've never experienced the loss of someone who's close to you, you know, it's, it's something, honestly, you can't understand until it happens. You can try to grasp the concepts, but it's just, it's different and it hits you in a different way. And so let's just come together, be a shoulder for each other, be a friend, offer a hug, 
get together, celebrate, have fun, reminisce, laugh, cry, and just experience the holiday in its fullness and the celebration of life that it is. As always, there's a place to come together and chat online. You can find us at the Reckless Community on Facebook. The link's below. We want to hear from you. If you want to send us a private message, please feel free to do so. Uh, you can find all of our information, all of our contact info on our website, The Reckless Pursuit. And just realize that you don't have to face the holidays alone. You're loved, and as always, be brave. Be bold. And be reckless. We'll talk, talk soon. soon.